And would you all join me in prayer? Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to worship you this morning um, and for the time and space to celebrate our graduates and to pray for them. You've been faithful to our students, and we know that you'll be present with them as they transition into this next phase of life. We pray, Lord, that they would follow you through their changing life circumstances. A lot of them will be going to new schools and be making new friends. May they grow in their relationship with you and in faith. And if they haven't chosen to follow you yet, uh, Lord, please make yourself known to them. Help them draw near to you. We pray they would learn to trust you as sheep trust and follow their shepherd. We pray also for their parents who are also experiencing transition as their kids transition. Give them peace knowing their kids are in your hands and give them wisdom to know how to support them and guide them and walk alongside them. God, we pray that our graduates would be encouraged by your past faithfulness and that you would give them confidence that you'll continue to be present and at work in their lives help us as their church family to care for them and to encourage them. Um, given this time to pray for them right now, we want to pray more specifically for them, each silently and individually lifting up um, our prayers for these students and graduates. Whether we know their names or not, we ask that you hear our individual prayers right now. Thank you for hearing our prayers. We entrust our students to you and we give you the rest of this service. May it be glorifying to you, Lord. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Preparation for um, today's sermon on Psalm 23, I'm going to read a passage from Hebrews 13. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I'm going to invite Becca up to preach through Psalm 23. Thanks, Christine. Um, well, I do have to say, if you couldn't tell, I love what I get to do. I love that I get to be a part of our students' lives, of our kids' lives. I love that I get to see them grow um, and develop and um, turn into these wonderful people. It is an incredible honor and joy to get to be a part of it, to get to witness it. Um, one of the things that I love about our students and about our kids is how curious they are. If you have ever spent any time with kids at in any way, you know they ask a lot of questions. Um, actually, I Googled it this week, and on average, kids ask about 300 questions a day. 
Uh, if you're a parent, you're probably thinking, well, that's it, just, just 300, feels like more. Um, and I will tell you though, if you take kids on a youth trip, that number doubles. <laughs> And this was never more true than on our trip to River Camp last summer. Uh, I was constantly being asked questions. Things like, um, hey, Becca, where did I put my bags? <laughs> I, I could not tell you the answer to that. I don't know. Hey, Becca, what's for dinner? We're going to wait and see on that one. Hey, Becca, if I'm getting bitten by mosquitoes, should I put bug spray on? I think that's a fabulous idea. Yes, you should do that. These are kind of fun and silly questions, and I got asked so many of them, actually, to the point where the running joke throughout the entire week was just saying, hey, Becca, to me, at any and every opportunity, even when there was no question to, to ask. <laughs> Um, they did a skit about it for telling any future event I might have and it being interrupted by someone asking me, hey, Becca, what about this? Um, it, was, it was hilarious, and I feel a little bit at risk saying this to all of you, and I fear that I'm going to hear, hey, Becca, a lot for the rest of the day, but that's okay. Sorry, right, we're going to make it. <laughs> And these are fun and um, fun conversations to get to have. And while these are somewhat easy questions to answer or to walk through, they also ask a lot of really deep and thoughtful questions as well. Questions like, why do our friends in Mexico have such different lives than we do? Why do people suffer? Does God really hear my prayers when I pray? Super good questions. A question that I get rather frequently of working with our students is how do I actually live and follow Jesus? How do I walk through life and the different relationships I have and the different circumstances I am in and how do I follow him in the midst of that? It's a great question. We talk about really easy things up in youth ministry. And it's one that, I'm, if I'm being super honest, I don't know if I've ever felt like I've had a great answer for. I think there's a lot of different ways you can answer that question, and I have answered it in different ways. Sometimes we've talked about prayer and how to follow Jesus, we have to talk with him. We have to share our lives with him and bring our requests to him and give him space to speak to us. Sometimes I've talked about community and how following Jesus happens much better when we are in relationship with people who can hold us accountable, who can point us towards truth and encourage us to keep following him. Sometimes I've talked about scripture and how being in the word of God and knowing what he says to us and what he calls us to is important to following him. I think those are all a part of the answer. I don't know if you could pick any one of those things, but as we have talked about this, it has become very clear to me that following Jesus is not a formula we can solve. We cannot plug the different things of our lives into equation and be given an answer of like, this is how you do it, right here. To follow Jesus is not a to-do list that we walk through every day and check things off as we go. To live this life, it's not a behavior management program. And to follow him, that only comes as a result of a deeply transformed heart. A heart who has been captured by Jesus and is pointed towards him, desires to know and follow him. And I think at the base of this, 
we have to know who our God is. We can only love him and follow him when we know him. And as we know him more, we trust him more. This is the base that we live, the base from which we live a life following Jesus. We know him and we trust him. So how do we do this? How do we know him more? How do we put our trust into him? Well, I think we come to know him in a few different ways. One is through our own lived experiences in life with God, seeing him at work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. We hear about these things through the sharing of our testimonies together, whether it's here in body life in the auditorium or in our small groups or in our home fellowships or connection groups. As we share life together, we see and can hear about the work that he has done and is doing in our lives. And through that, we know him. We also know him through the study of scripture, through being in his word, through learning it both together and individually and allowing that to soak into our hearts. And while we're not going to tackle the entirety of scripture today, that would be completely overwhelming, and I'm not equipped to do that, we are going to look at one specific passage that I do think gives us a pretty incredible picture of who our God is. And it's my hope as we walk through Psalm 23 together today that we would each come to know him just a little bit more, even if it's a passage that we've heard a thousand times throughout her life. I pray that as we would know him more, as we spend this time together, that we would trust him more as we walk out from this place and back into our lives this afternoon and tomorrow. So as we do this, I would love for us to start and read Psalm 23 together. The words will be up on the the screen, um, and I would just love for you to read them with me. So let's do that now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, if the Lord is our shepherd, then we are his sheep. To give us just a a quick look at the context of this passage, this is in the book of Psalms in our Bibles. It's written by or attributed to David, King David. And he himself was a shepherd. To describe the Lord as a shepherd would be something that he would understand well because he had held that role. He would know what it would be like to lead and care for the sheep in his care. And I don't think any of of us in this room have been actual shepherds and responsible for sheep. So 
So we can't maybe perfectly understand that, but I think we can understand what it means to care for someone or something. To be responsible, responsible for maybe looking after a pet or caring for a kid or one of our friends or loved ones, maybe an older parent. We can all imagine what it would be like to be responsible for the care of someone else. Maybe we're in that role right now. And the key to caring for someone and caring for them well is to know what their needs are. To know exactly what they require to live a life where they're taken care of. Where they know where their food is coming from where they know who to go to, to make requests of. To care for someone means that we have to know their needs. And to do that, we gotta spend time with them. And so if the Lord is our shepherd and we are his sheep, that means that he knows us. He knows exactly what we need. As we walk through life and we encounter different seasons and circumstances, our God sees each and every one of those things. He sees each and every one of us. He knows us. And because he knows us and he knows our needs, he is meeting each one of those. He's providing for each of those things. And it's because of that that we shall not want. We don't not want because there's nothing worth wanting. We don't walk through life having nothing that we long for or we would desire to see happen in our lives. But instead, we don't have to live in the anxiety or with the pressure of making those things happen for ourselves because our God is at work in those things. He's providing for them. He's doing what he needs to do to make them happen and make sure our needs are met. He cares for us deeply and he provides the things that we need to walk through life. And as he cares for us, he also leads us. As Dallas Willard states in his book on Psalm 23, sheep can only lie down in green pastures because they have been well fed. Because they have already been given the food and the water and the things that they need to be healthy and thriving. It is then that they lie down and they rest. If a sheep were hungry, he would get up and walk and find food. So to lay down, to take a rest in this peaceful place means that all of the needs that that sheep have have been provided for, have been given to him or made known or available to them through the provision of their shepherd. So the Lord does this for us. We only can enter into rest when we recognize that the Lord has already done everything he needs to do to provide for us and is continuing to do those things as we walk through life. Because we know the Lord is caring for us, he leads us to those places where we can rest, where we can sit in green pastures and be still before him. To do that is an act of dependence and trust in our God. And he knows that we need it. He knows that we need rest. We are finite humans who have limited capacities, at least I do, very much so. And I can only really enter into rest fully because I know that my Lord has taken care of everything I need. He is at work even when I am still. 
This is something that he has woven in to the fabric of our creation. He knows that he ne we need it and he provides a way for it to take place. And as he cares for us, as he leads us to those places of rest, he also leads us through life into those places that are ultimately for our good. Just as a shepherd would for their sheep. It never benefits a shepherd to lead his sheep astray, to put them in places where they will be at long-term risk or incredibly vulnerable to attack, where they cannot thrive and be healthy. It doesn't benefit a shepherd to do that. That would not be good for the sheep that he's caring for. And so even though, as we'll see in just a minute, we walk through difficult seasons, our Lord does not bring us through anything that will not ultimately be for our good, even if that is only recognized into eternity. So who is our God here in these first three verses of Psalm 23? Well, he is our shepherd, the one who cares for us, who is holding our future and our well-being in his hands and is making himself responsible for those things. He knows exactly what we need as we walk through life, and he leads us to those places where we can receive rest and refreshment and everything needed for our emotional and physical and spiritual well-being. And he leads us to those places that are ultimately for our good. So if this is who we know God to be, if this is who we see God to be here in Psalm 23, how do we see him doing that in our own lives? I would pause just for a minute here and ask you to reflect on your past few weeks or months. How have you seen God do this? How have you seen him meet your needs, care for you, lead you to a place of rest or into a new season or out of an old one? Because as this would be a picture that David would readily recognize, this is something though that happens for each of us who know and follow God. So how have we seen it? Kids and students, sometimes this is hard for us to see. Sometimes we're not sure what it looks like to, to notice God doing these things in our lives. It is a great thing to talk to your parents about or your Sunday school teachers or your small group leaders. Sometimes we need the help of other people to be able to see what God is doing here. Even as adults, sometimes we need that help to recognize his work in and through our lives. So if you're unsure of what that looks like in your own life right now, I would encourage you to have that conversation with someone. Share with them. Ask them how they've seen God at work within you and through you. So as our shepherd leads us to these places of rest, places um, that are ultimately for our good, we know that walking through life, it is not all green pastures. It is not all beautiful and restful spaces. And as we turn to verses four and five, we're given a much different picture of what it looks like to follow the Lord as our shepherd. Because just as the shepherd would lead his place to those restful places, those things that are ultimately for our good, he would travel with his sheep through anything, including the valleys. And he would bring with him his rod and his staff. Now again, 
I'm not a shepherd and you're not a shepherd, so we might not know what those would be used for. Well, the rod would be the thing that would protect the sheep. It would ward off anything that might dare attack those sheep so that the sheep would be safe and could continue on their way. And the staff would be used to keep them on the path, to help lead them and guide them as they walk through a perilous road, to steer them away from any, any looming cliffs in the different distance. So as a shepherd would bring along with him everything needed to guide and lead and protect his sheep, so our God has everything needed to lead and guide and protect us through life. Everything needed to walk through beautiful seasons of joy and rest and refreshment and everything needed to walk through us through the valleys. Seasons of darkness and disappointment, of suffering, of grief. The threats of life, the looming shadow of death, the darkness that we easily can see in our world is a certainty. We know these things will happen. We will walk through seasons that will be difficult. And yet our God goes with us throughout every single one of them. There is no place that we cannot go that he is not there. And while he has everything needed to keep us safe and to protect us, it's really his presence that makes it so that we do not have to fear. It is his presence with us through every season of life that means that we do not have to be afraid of what comes next. And so we trust in him. And yet even as we are in the midst of these dark places, these dark seasons, he continues to provide for us. We're given a picture here of a cup that overflows. And just as he met every need when we were in the calm and peaceful pasture, he meets every need as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He is the same God, whether we are in the midst of joy and contentment or in the midst of darkness and discouragement. And it, is not, it does not mean that the, the threat of the shadow of death or of enemies before us is taken away. The circumstances here are not changing. But as Bill Lawrence notes in his reflection on Psalm 23, it's never death itself that touches us, only its shadow. Even when it feels like it is at its strongest, when those dark seasons feel like they are pressing in from every side and that they might overwhelm us and take us down, our God makes it so death never has the final word over us. It is not what touches us, only its shadow, and we feel its effects as we walk through life. We know this to be true because of what the psalmist says, but also because of what Jesus did through his life, death, and resurrection here on this earth. He has made it so that as we even walk into eternity, death does not touch us. We are free from its power. Making certain that there is nothing we could face on this earth. There is no power on this earth that we can encounter that is greater than our, our God. And because of what Jesus has done, we know this to be true. So we will not be overwhelmed and overtaken by the darkness of this world. So we see God here to be present with us wherever we may go in life. Whether we are in seasons of contentment or abundance or loss, suffering or confusion, 
He's in each and every single one of them. And no matter which season we might find ourselves in at this point, our shepherd is providing for each of our needs. He's meeting us there. He's guiding us still. And because of that, we do not have to live in fear and we do not have to live alone. For our God is with us. And we know this is true because of what Jesus did. We go now with the power of his spirit present with us. And we have the hope of what we will walk into in eternity to spend the rest of of our existence in his presence. So just in case we had ever any doubt or we still weren't convinced after these first five verses, we get to verse six, which is just a beautiful assurance. Because here we see that God's faithfulness, his goodness, his mercy, his stability and comfort not only goes with us, but actually pursues after us. There is nowhere we can go on this earth that he will not be there with us, that he cannot come find us, that he will not go after us because of his incredible love and care for us. And because of that, we get to dwell with him forever. We get to make our home with him. This is a deep relationship that we get to have with our God when we know who he is and when we know what he does for us. So as we look at Psalm 23, we see God to be one who knows us, who sees us, who meets each of our needs and leads us to places that are ultimately for our good, even as we walk through the valley. And he is God who will never leave us, but instead pursue after us no matter where we may go in life. If this is the God we know and that we believe in, this is a God that we can trust, who is in fact worthy to be trusted. And because of that, we can say yes to whatever it is that he brings us next. When we were in Mexico this past April with some of our students and and youth staff, Staff, we spent some time with a local missionary there. And she shared with us about some of the work that she was doing, um, the people that she works alongside in the community of Manudero, and what life had been like for her and her family recently. And while she shared great things of what God was doing in that place, she also shared that her family had been in the midst of an incredibly difficult season. They had been walking through the loss of two of their children. And that was an in, just incredibly heartbreaking um, season for them, as we can only imagine it would be. And so as she shared about this, about what life had been like and what she was walking through, one of our students asked her, well, how are you following God right now in the midst of everything you're going through? And her answer was this, that she's just being brave enough to say yes to the next thing that Jesus brings her to the next place that the Lord leads her to. You can only say yes to him in that way in the midst of those circumstances if you know and trust your God. So as we look at our own lives, at whatever season we might be in right now, if we know this God to be who he is, the one that we have talked about today, the one who is providing for us, who sees us, who is walking with us through each and every season of life, 
If that is who we know him to be and if that is who we trust, we can say yes to whatever it is he brings us next. We can say yes in the seasons of change. As we look at maybe a new school year in the fall and a new thing that we might be walking into. We can say yes to changes in our job or in our family. We can say yes even in the midst of incredible, incredibly difficult seasons. It's not easy necessarily. In fact, it's not easy a lot of the time. But it's only possible to do when we know and trust in our Lord, when he has built that foundation within our hearts and we are seeking to follow him no matter what happens in life. Because no matter what season we are in, the Lord is there. He is the same. He brings us to those things of rest and refreshment. He meets every need that we have and he walks with us through the valleys, through the confusion and uncertainty for life. And he meets us every step of the way, just as a shepherd would do for his sheep. So students, eighth graders in particular, you're looking at entering into high school in the fall. This will be a new thing, probably with a new school and some new friends. This might be something you're really looking forward to, that you're excited about. It could also be something that fills you with nerves and uncertainty. You'll enter into these next four years and you'll be faced with increased responsibility and independence, maybe with your driver's license. Decisions more and more will be yours to make though, about who you'll be, how you'll live your life, who you'll go to for advice or input, the things that you'll base um, the decisions you make upon. It's my encouragement to you that as you walk through these next four years, that you would know that your good shepherd goes with you. He knows what's coming in this next season of life. And just as he's done it through middle school and elementary school and the rest of your life, he will continue to meet each of your needs. And so I pray in these next four years that you would continue to know him, that you would grow in your knowledge of him and that you would put your trust in him as you walk through these years. Seniors, this is it. At this point, you will leave home, a lot of you. And you'll move to a new place and maybe a new state. And it will be yours to decide how you want to live and what comes next. It's my prayer that you go with the knowledge of who God is. That as you spent time here, that you have come to know him and that you are able to put your trust in him. And I pray that he would continue to build that in you as you walk into this next season. And that as you feel both the joy and the pain of what it means to become an adult, because it's sometimes painful, um, but that you would have the confidence in those things that your God is with you, that he's guiding you and directing you through whatever it is that college and life beyond might hold. And parents, you get the same promise because your God goes with your students. He is with them even when you are here. He's walking with them through this next phase of high school or college. He has good things ahead for them. We can trust him with these people that we love. And I pray that as just as he leads our, our students into these things, that he would lead you as well. 
as your relationships with your kids will change and grow and develop, as they themselves will enter into a new season. I pray that he's continuing um, to build in your relationship together as you walk. And church body, we get to have a part in this as well. I pray that we would be people who would model what it looks like to know and trust God with our lives. That we would model what it looks like to live a life following him. So that as we are interacting with students, whether it's in a one-on-one or face-to-face way, or whether we just see each other sitting in the pews on Sunday morning, I pray that through this body, each one of us would be built up to know and trust him more. And that we would continue to pray for them as they walk through life. Um, Before we go, here are these words adapted from Psalm 23. The Lord is your shepherd. He provides for all your needs. He brings you to places of rest, quiet, and stillness. He restores your soul. He leads you to places of goodness because he is a good God. Even in the midst of dark, confusing, and lonely seasons, you don't have to live in fear because he is with you. He has everything needed to calm you and protect you. He has an abundance before you, and he brings you peace. You have all that you need because of him. Surely his goodness and faithfulness will pursue after you all the days of your life, and you will dwell with him forever. Amen.